0: Hello and welcome to Medium of the Month. I am here to talk about video games with the one, the only, Preston Wilkie.
1: Well, 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 that's me. Thank you so much for having me on, Holden.
0: Oh, it's a pleasure. You are someone who has always been a fan of Medium of the Month, and I, and I know that because when we took the hiatus, when I was trying to like recoup and try to figure out like who I can fill in these last few mediums with, you're like, dude, what happened to Medium of the Month? And I'm like, somebody cares. <laughs> S- somebody. So I was like, oh, I gotta get I gotta get pressed now. We gotta we gotta chat it up. I mean, this is not our first podcast we have recorded together as well.
1: Correct. Yeah. Um, and I, I I've always been a big fan of how to waste your time as well, just the general recommendations that come out of it. Even if I don't take all the recommendations, I'm able to walk away with like something every episode.
0: Absolutely. Um, no, I still I, I, haven't
1: I, watched it, but I really want to watch Pig. Based Good. Off of your so bad. no
0: no for sure for sure no i i appreciate that and that's kind of that's kind of the point i think of medium of the month is that you can have something tangible that you know about it so even if you're like hear it on the street or you you know at work and somebody brings up something like green night you're like oh yeah i did hear some two idiots yes. talk about green night and uh they said this so i'm like yeah you know and so that way you have some kind of feather in your cap to to reference it uh, even if you don't want to take it home and actually watch it you know a little bit more and I think that's what, uh, how to waste your time. And even Medium of the Month is good. You know, Even if you don't consume this media, you learn something a little bit along the way.
1: Yeah, and I think the important thing of Medium of the Month really is that it is consumable, um, especially in the medium we're talking about this week. But like being able to walk away and say, I can actually tackle this project. This isn't Skyrim or Elden Ring. It's something that is uh, approachable.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I so I gave Preston the uh, kind of the whole list of mediums to choose from, and I think it only naturally makes sense um as host of uh one half of the Level 0 podcast and of the basically the the creator of the baby of the podcast I was hinting at uh, in detail. Uh it just makes sense that we are to talk about video games. It is something that kind of unites our love and brings us uh, closer together as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I uh... There are some really, both of these are just really banger games.
0: Absolutely. So let's, let's talk about, uh, the well first, I'm just going to explain the first two games that we're talking about here. We're going to talk about, uh, oh man, playground. Who, who creates inside? What is the, I'm playing. Thank you. Play yeah. dead's inside. And we are also talking about super giant games, the transistor. So we're going to start off with two non-spoiler talks, uh, about both of the games. That way you can kind of, um, if you've never played the game, you can at least get a feel for what it is. And then if you want to continue on to the spoiler discussion, you absolutely can. But if you want to play the games and then come back to the podcast, you can also do that. You you know, that's the kind of the great thing about how to waste your time, the whole network. It's modular. You can kind of consume it how you want. Mm -hmm. So we are going to start off with Transistor because that was a game that I recommended to Preston. So first, general thoughts. What did you think of Transistor? And maybe we can talk a little bit about your history with Supergiant Games.
1: Yeah, so uh, just in general, I played Bastion when it first came out on the 360. Uh, mm-hmm. For a, gosh, that was an Xbox Arcade game, I think.
0: Yeah, uh, you no, know, I remember I played it too, not knowing, you know, what kind of um, legacy it would behold. I was just like, oh, this is a cool right. little isometric type indie arcade game.
1: Yeah, and I remember being really impressed by like the narrative style with the with the with the narrator uh sort of going along with you on that journey and stuff like that and i was really excited about it at the time i never did finish that game i got really into it and then once i fell off i fell off hard
0: yeah that makes sense i mean especially i don't i I imagine we're close around the same age so i feel like when i was playing bastion i was like oh this is like fun and i'll pick it up when i can but otherwise you know i got my main multiplayer game i'm playing on the 360 with my friends and uh and otherwise you know whenever i got time i played bastion but man the uh there's a song there called build that wall. And I just remember there's like a place where you can like play that song. And I would just play it on repeat. Like I would just go back to wherever I can, like <laughs> basically like play the jukebox. And I just, I play build that wall over and over again because it was such like an earworm for me.
1: I think that's one of going to be one of my biggest takeaways from super giant games is I think that's a lot of people's biggest takeaways is the soundtrack and Darren Korb has composed for all of these. And just every single soundtrack that comes out of these is so good um well so i never had a i didn't have playstation for a long time and after bastion they moved on to do a lot of exclusives for playstation Mm. and pc and so i didn't play transistor or pyre i finally got hades kind of late in the game um i got i think i got it right after its full release so it had already been in early access for like a year i think at that point um and so after playing hades i've always been really excited to go back to transistor or pyre i just hadn't yet until you uh recommended it
0: yeah i had to give you a little bit of motivation to kick you in the pants a little bit um i, I love pyre i think it's a, a fantastic game it's very different than i think anything Supergiant has put out you know the other three games are so different than pyre it's, it's kind of its own little setting piece but transistor I guess you could venture to say each game is very different from one another. Um I would say it going from Bastion to Hades probably isn't too much of a leap because the combat you know can feel at least in my mind it feels a little similar. It's not as fast paced or as wide sp- like grand spam is in Bastion, but at least mm-hmm. there you know it's similar kind of viewpoint whereas you move to Transistor and this is more of like a turn it can become basically like a turn-based RPG of a sort. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and that's something that like if you do the modular gameplay of being able to choose your ability and sort of modify it with other abilities or choose those other abilities and modify it with the first ability and kind of you can slot in inventory abilities in this game that then sort of feeds into what Hades became later with its picking up different abilities as you want right. to modify your gameplay. This seems sort of like a stepping stone on the way there. You know, uh, I, I, I ne- like it a little bit better this way because of that, because you can choose more often.
0: Right. No, I, I never thought about that connection. I think you're absolutely right that it, it it totally was the, I guess, building foundation for Hades because Hades is, is obviously a, a a game where it's a roguelite. So it, it's RNG based. So, you know, every mm-hmm. single run is going to be different out of your control, essentially. You have very little control. Whereas transistor, it's linear. And so you're getting, you know, abilities and you're getting ways you can kind of augment those abilities mm-hmm. and change what their like core purpose is. And because of that, you have a lot more freedom of control. And and I get that being a more enticing kind of system. Cause I think I agree with you on that point.
1: Yeah. And I felt like by the end of it, I had my even after plenty of experimentation. I had my go-to, uh, whatever attack that split also put a dot on the enemy, and also would turn them. So I mean, it, you would it would split, hit three enemies at once, turn them, and pl- place a dot. So while they were attacking others, they were also losing their health, and it was just this that I found through experimentation, and really didn't come across it until the last hour or two. But it felt like my own in a way, because I had uh, I had been able to jump around and try different combinations of abilities. And that ultimately is what I landed on. But I could see someone having a completely different loadout and being probably much more successful.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I, I have been on record to say engine building is one of my favorite things in both board games and video games. And I, I think that is something really cool that you basically created your own engine where you're yeah. able to, you know, basically make the game work for you. And I love that. Like, I love that about video games. It, to me, it doesn't feel like I'm cheesing it or it doesn't feel like I'm breaking any systems. It's just making the game work for me instead of, you know, working harder myself, you know. And so I think Transistor is really good at that, letting you play your own way, even though it's a linear RPG type game where, you know, your arms are tied. You can still do things your own way
1: yeah and I I think it like the other side of that gameplay is what you were talking about the JRPG sort of sort of turn-based where you can pause it move your character and take actions and every action like fills up a bar on the top of the screen and once you are have that bar filled up you can allow those actions to happen and all of them occur much faster than the enemies so you sort of like pause time for a split second complete all your actions for a split second and then uh you then have to wait for that bar to refill to do it again and that it's weird because going backwards from Hades to that I went into Transistor expecting a much faster paced combat and much more fluid like we were saying with both Bastion and Hades and you really have to kind of like rewire your brain to say okay no just slow down make sure you pause it every chance you get because that's where you're going to get the most damage and the most, uh, the most bang for your buck for whatever build you've created. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, and just, it was weird to slow back down. There's a lot that I don't like about the movement in transistor because of Hades, Mm. but I think if I had played it on release, it would have been uh, sort of like a, uh, what's the word that is always on uh, reviews, a revelation uh, to me, like of that combination of the real-time strategy or real-time uh, combat plus this like pause and attack would have worked really well.
0: Yeah, no, I I, I can totally see that, that point that you're getting with. I think the game is almost like a little bit like Final Fantasy Tactics where you kind of have different, like areas that are better to attack from and but it, it, you do get full pause whereas like I'm I'm also thinking of like, like another Final Fantasy game Final Fantasy 7 Remake there is a uh, option to kind of slow the game down and get some basically it's an homage to the original Final Fantasy 7 of being truly turn-based but time mm-hmm. still passes so this is different because time can pass as normal but you have to choose to pause it and then when you do it's completely paused and there is like an, a lore kind of story reason the sword um, is kind of the voice of the game that uh, our main protagonist red is carrying around and, um, and and so there's definitely some stylistic options and choices there that can be you know frustrating because you think oh I'm this is where I wanted this to attack and this is where I wanted this to happen but it didn't quite play out how I had planned mm-hmm. it to so you kind of have to zag a little bit but for the most part, I didn't find the game too frustrating like not to be able to play it or not to be able to complete it. it it's definitely something that it, it's a totally beatable game. You just kind of have to understand a little bit how the game wants you to play it compared to how you might want to play it, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, and I was, on that note, surprised at how quickly I progressed. Like, after that first boss, uh, which is a... It's frustrating because it it does feel like the the gateway to learn the main mechanics of the game is on that boss, which I mean any good first boss is. Um, and so you, you it, it is sort of a make or break boss for progression for if you are even going to complete the game. Cause once you do complete that boss, you're done within the next four hours, maybe. And it, I think it takes an hour, maybe two to get to her. And so yeah. it's just this very rapid progression. And, um, and, ability gain that you get that occurs so quickly that you're constantly changing your loadout and you're constantly learning new things and building on yourself. And of course there is like a new game plus style, but it it's such a beatable game, like you said. Like it it, it really you may get frustrated in certain fights, but once you get over that hump, you start it once it clicks, it really, really clicks and you just fly through a lot of the fights.
0: Yeah, uh, I think the other part of the story, or the other part of the, uh, I guess, sword of the entire game, so you have the gameplay on one side, on the other you have this narrative that's trying to bring you something uh, kind of compelling uh, because our main protagonist cannot speak. uh, She lost her voice, she's a singer, and so the sword speaks for her, and then these like augments she's picking up are like, uh, from my understanding, they were like people who basically mm-hmm. got trapped as well into, and so you're kind of using their their memories or their remnants as abilities. So I, I kind of enjoyed that that two edged sword of yes, it's a it's a big focus on combat, and that's mostly what I'm here for. But they're kind of shoehorning this this story that isn't as strong, I think, as most other supergiant games narratives are. But still, is something that is you know I want to see through. I want to see how it ends, and kind of it, it still compels you to move forward even past uh, just. RPG elements of upgrading and uh, you know getting the best engine.
1: Yeah, and you can make of it. You can dive into that story as much as you want. Like you were saying, the abilities are tied to people from the world, and so while you're selecting an ability, you can look at more information, and it'll have that character's name in this biography. And as you use that ability in other places, like as your as a main attack. Or an augmenting attack or a passive buff it'll fill out sections of their story so you learn more about them and you have like i think i ended with about 12 different abilities so that's 12 different characters each with their own three paragraph biography that really fleshes out the story that you can dive into but is certainly not mandatory at all for any progression anywhere
0: so I looked up some of the characters, um, and one of them uh, shares the name name as you, Preston. Um, mm-hmm. wh- and how old are you, Preston?
1: Oh, uh thirty-two.
0: Thirty-two. Okay. 31. So this was the, this was your younger version at twenty-nine. Um, the reason cited on there was, "I wanted, I want to go fast and go far." So I have heard you say that before. So maybe they Got took to inspiration. Fast. Yes, yeah, it took inspiration mm-hmm. from you. So maybe liable for a, a lawsuit. Just saying
1: I'll reach out I'll, I'll call my lawyers yeah,
0: they have you with a mustache and not a full beard but I think I think it's close hey, enough. I'm
1: down to the mustache now so uh, oh uh, and by that right. I mean I've had the mustache since I was 28 and, nice uh, yeah they stole that look from me
0: right so, right right <laughs>
1: yeah I've had it for years and years not just two weeks
0: <laughs> um, okay so that's I think that's enough generally on transistor um, it's a it's a absolutely beautiful game and I'm I'm glad you enjoyed it. And then in the spoiler chat we'll go a little bit more detail about how the game ends mm-hmm. and we'll go into our ratings uh, for each respective game. Uh shifting tides onto uh, Playdead's play deads inside. Um the one of the constraints of uh medium of the month video games that I did both with you. And with Greg, as I said, let's make sure we cross recommend each other games that are ten hours or less to play. Just because I know we have a lot of other stuff gaming on, going on, we have a lot of other games we're, we're juggling, and you know, your respective podcast, yada yada, family. So I just want to be respectful of your time and just you know, make it a, a quicker game. So, uh, like you mentioned, Transistor is not a very long game, um, but I would say Inside is even a little bit shorter. Um, I think I completed it in about four hours. It's not not very long whatsoever. Uh, but why? before i really talk about why was inside a game that you felt like if i had not played it i had to play it
1: uh <laughs> that one is a little bit more meteor on the spoiler side okay. because of that ending
0: okay, okay fair uh, of
1: the game but otherwise like i think play dead both with limbo and side their level design and their puzzle design empowers the player in the way that they like they present it very simply to you they're they're not going to they they drop you into their world and you are a child lost in this horrid unforgiving land and you have to find your way from left to right uh and just try to survive along the way and they'll give you the tools to survive but you're going to have to figure it out as you go along through a ton of trial and error uh which i think inside is a little bit more successful than Limbo at um, in terms of making you feel like you're still learning and making progress uh, and not getting hung up on a single uh, puzzle too badly. And it ju- it's just a very intelligently made simple game to get through while still being strikingly pretty.
0: Yeah. I, I definitely feel like visually both Limbo and Inside are going for something kind of jarring, different, It's kind of got, like, these, I mean, Limbo especially has, like, this really, like, contrast black and white type things, whereas Inside has a little bit more color and has a little bit more uh, texture to the game. Um, But, yeah, I I played the first couple hours of Limbo, put it down, and never went back to it. And then this is my first foray of Inside, and and luckily I've been able to avoid all spoilers of it um that's wild because I think it's a game you definitely want to go into uh you can listen to our non-spoiler chat but as far as where the game goes you probably just want to stay blind because I yeah I didn't know what the game was about and I'm not going to talk about my theories or anything like that but ultimately I just want to talk about gameplay first and foremost I think I don't I don't know if I'm crazy about you know a it's I can't even call it a platformer, but but basically right. it, it's like a it, most of the game you were just holding down. I I had uh, used my Xbox controller just holding down the left thumbstick. You know, just moving it forward, uh, and then every once in a while you just have to interact with the environment. And so that 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 kind of core gameplay is like you're solving puzzles. Uh, you're moving the thumbstick forward, uh, maybe backwards sometimes. And then you're jumping because it's it's very simple, you know. It's, you gotta jump on an interact button, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And then and then forward and backwards, you know. You don't. Occasionally, you'll be able to move in a three dimensional plane, but for the most part, it's it's just those four key elements. So it's a very very simple game by its design standpoint. And I think there's something beautiful to that to create a full narrative and create something different. But I think for me, it it lost its way a little bit because there is no HUD. And there is no press A to interact. There's nothing. Then there's no prompts. There's If you get stuck, mm-hmm. you, there's nothing that's going to prompt to help you. And so that was like the frustrating part for me is just getting started in the game. I wasn't quite able to understand what the game was trying to tell me. As I went on, like the back half of the game, I didn't have to look up anything. But the first like, I got I got stuck at like the first like three or four different puzzles because I just couldn't understand what was interactable and what wasn't. There's no like hints. There's nothing glowing. There's nothing like shining. Like sometimes like in games, they'll have like a a ledge that will like shine a different color. You're like, Oh, I can jump to that ledge. Like it just a little visual, you know, treat so you can know. And so when you're not being your head up against it. So I literally looked up a playthrough of it and I had to watch it and be like, Oh, I would have never known that that surface was interactable because it does not move whatsoever. And then I learned that, Oh, you have to open this flap to get to that. And so I just was like, ugh. It just was very frustrating, but once I got the hang of it, I think in the back half, I didn't have to look up anything. I, I understood exactly what I needed to do, and even if I did get stuck, I kind of could jank my way through it and be like, oh, "Okay, that makes sense now," because I'm, I'm I understand the system the game wants to put me in. But just the fact that there's no tutorial, mm-hmm. uh, because the game would just want to be immersed from the opening seconds, I think really hinders the the gameplay experience. And the, really, the first like couple hours for me, I just was like very frustrated trying to get through
1: it. Oh yeah, and I I can totally uh, understand that, and I think. Uh, I I believe I played Limbo through again right before Inside came out. And so it's you, kind of like it's the developer's game language that they've already built out through Limbo. And so you know, okay, there are times where you should pause rather than moving forward, especially early on in Inside. Uh, There's a sequence, probably the first puzzle that you really come to, uh, first violent puzzle, I should say, Where you should not move forward for a while, and you have to let things play out, and then you move forward. And if if you're not expecting that, and you think, "Oh, I can run by," "Oh, I can run by," you're going to get caught on that because that's sort of what you expect to do in these games—to just run as like keep going as fast as you can. And there's like you said, there's no indication that you should just stop and wait and hold out. Um, And learning learning to approach each puzzle on their terms is sort of its own like rewriting of your understanding of game language, especially puzzle platformers, in a way that I think becomes very rewarding and successful over time. That I think that early frustrations do make for early revelations that then inform the rest of the game and that they do effectively build on later on like they've got just a very a good sense of uh if there's supposed to be an interactable pipe it will be just a little bit less blurred out than the background right that it is in front of and it's like there's like a little bit more contrast that you can see and it's not going to be clear at all but once you finally notice that pipe and you grab it then from then on out you're looking for those pipes and you do see them more and more and more and you do interact with them more and more and more and so they they reward those revelations by continuing to build on them regularly throughout the game that i think is effective um but i can absolutely see how that would be frustrating early on uh, i think one of the also annoying things about that whole system is they have secrets that you can find throughout the game but you really have to know you kind of just have to like stop in the middle of a cornfield at the beginning and just grab onto a random spot that is completely hidden to pull up this hatch and go down into this uh this secret area you would never know that without looking it up i don't think Uh, uh and so there are like limitations to how much you can explore because of the way they present their game
0: yeah i remember I, I did find one secret area near the end of the game where i went like up into a attic type area that i wasn't supposed to access because there was nothing up there but that was the most frustrating part was it didn't there was nothing rewarding about it like i got up there and i just there was nothing i, I tried to interact with everything i tried to jump on everything and like there was something that was making noise but like i wasn't able to decipher anything it didn't mean make any sense to me It it's inside largely one of those games that i feel like you have to have some kind of companion piece to it um to kind of make sense of everything because the game doesn't have a very narrative structure there isn't a uh, audio track that's like speaking any language you know it's not it's not bioshock where you're going to be hearing you know dialogue being chanted it's all um you know very simplistic and very um one-dimensional in that way it's it's very visual and and i can appreciate a visual thing like Idea, and I, I can, I'm with you when you say be patient. You know, I, I, I understood the patient ones, but I think it was just when the game wasn't telling me enough, either through mm-hmm. audio cues or through visual cues. It just was ultimately more frustrating than it was fun, and it's just unfortunate that I feel like a simple tutorial that could have even been optional would totally have fixed that first hour for me. You know, and it would have just yeah. saved me a lot of like pain of trying to like. Like, you know, I, I would spend hmm, 15 minutes on this one area, like the very first area, it's like this barn and it's like, you, you push a button and like, it blows out air or like blows out like some like sheep, a wool. And then I'm just like, well, what do I do? I press that one button and there's nothing else I could do. And then it turns out there's another slot that opens up that just, you have no way of knowing. So like, like I'm that simple frustration carried through the game and I, and it was rewarding at the end of the game when i could like figure things out on my own and i you know because there's that that small voice in the back of my head was like oh you can just look it up like you i i have the full yeah. playthrough you know open on youtube i can just skip forward to this part <laughs>
1: um
0: and so that small voice kept on talking to me but i was able to ignore it thankfully and i was like ah i want to be able to mention on the show hey i figured it out as the game went on and i did thankfully but man <laughs> just those those and it's not a long game. So it's like, if you're if the first half of the game or the first quarter of the game is like frustrating, that thought kind of lingers throughout the entire That's game. That's
1: true. Yeah. If Yeah. If out of four hours, you're frustrated for two, you're going to remember those two pretty, pretty damn well, um, which can be irritating. Um. There was something that, what did you think of the sound design overall? Because uh, I, again, it takes that muted sort of, simple approach, but as you progress in the game, the sound design sort of progresses for the settings that you're in.
0: Yeah, I, I like a lot of the choices for um hazards. I think a lot of the things they have accompanied with hazards are very stark and contrasting noises. And they kind of remind you, oof, you know, like I don't want to make that mistake again. Like it wasn't like mm-hmm. it, it, every time you there will be a lot of dying in this game. But the 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 nice part about it is that the checkpoints are merciful so they they usually start you back just a few steps before you died or you know one half segment before you died so it's a very merciful checkpoints system which is very nice but every time you hear whatever the death cue is or whatever usually it's you know it's something that starts in it resonates in your mind Ooh, i don't want to hear that again what can i do to avoid that and so i, I like a lot of the stuff they did with um sound design in general that's that's usually my one of my favorite angles with any kind of um audio based entertainment. I, I like to see what they do that's different and what they do that um, gives them their own unique spin. And I, and I definitely think that's got to be one of the highlights of insight is, is the audio design and just the the mixing in general to create this kind of uh, gloomy, loomy atmosphere that leads towards the whole entire tone of the game.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They, they lean into the oppressive sort of nature. Yeah. Atmosphere, like you're saying. Yeah. And it, everything being muted until you come up on that hazard. And then you realize just how, how long you've been hearing that pulsing sound. Right. And how long it's taken you to get close to whatever these hazards are. And then how large and booming they are. Once you get there is uh, it's, it is very intimidating. And I think because of the simplistic nature of the art style, they really have to lean into that in order to build the the terror that you should be feeling going up against these uh, these obstacles.
0: So if you're avoiding uh, spoilers for Inside, I'll, I'll at least say that I think it's worth playing. It's short enough that I think you should play it and kind of give your own um, perspective and own opinion on it because I think there'll be a lot of different opinions on a game like this. But generally, I've seen you know nothing but praises for Inside um, and so I think it, it is a game that is different enough that is something that probably should be experienced ultimately.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think, I think that's a good way to put it. It, it is different from what else is out there, um, puzzle platform or, or otherwise, to the point that it's it's worth experiencing, and it's always on sale. True,
0: it's it's always going to be cheap. It's it's not a very I mean, it's been out for years now, and so mm-hmm. it's, it was never be expensive to begin with. Um, okay, so this is the hard software for spoilers. If you don't want to hear spoilers for Transistor or Inside, this is your point of no return. Uh, but first, we'll talk about a Transistor. Um, and I imagine it's not gonna be super long, so we'll save the majority of the spoiler chat for Inside. But let's let's move on to Transistor now. Um, I let's let me ask you, what did you think of the ending of the game? Because it's one of the more uh, divisive endings of a, uh, super giant game.
1: Um, okay. So I guess, uh, do you want to set up sort of the narrative, uh, for the ending real quick? B- yeah, go, yeah like, go ahead. So it's takes place in a city, very neo-noir sci-fi where the city's being overrun by a process, which is a computer program that just seems to be dismantling everything and everyone. And you have the key to stopping the process. Which is the sword, which is made out of the dead husk and soul of your like ex lover, but you don't really realize that over the course of the game you learn that they're an ex lover of the main character red, so you play as an against type uh damsel to the narrator's neo noir narration, right from the sword, right. who is the one narrating so. Even though you are the the uh, you know the the woman in red, lover of the noir narrator, you are the badass that is fighting through all these enemies. Um, and so, by the end of it, you have built up this arsenal of other people that have become your abilities, and you destroy the big bad, which turns out to be an old group of friends and like city elites that were trying to dismantle the city from the inside by creating this pro- what they called the process um, because they wanted to just wipe everything and make the city what they wanted to see it as. And so you defeat them, defeat the process, and you go and you lay down next to the the rebuilt corpse of your ex-lover <clears throat> that you start the game next to. Yeah. And then you turn the sword on yourself, and you kill yourself in order to be absorbed by the sword. And that moment annoyed the hell out of me (laughs) Um, because she has the key to save the city and to revert all. And I think they make it very clear early on or about mid game though, that you can't revert the damage to the people, but you can revert the damage to the city. So I think that's the most important point that she makes is like it's the city is nothing without the people that populate it um and so she gets absorbed into the sword and then we find out that she is actually going to join the people in the sword or as they call it see you in the country which i Mm -hmm. loved hearing that phrase throughout for some reason it just resonated all throughout the game and it worked really well I was annoyed whenever she turned the sword on herself. I was very happy whenever the final scene played out and it was them telling each other, they love each other and her finally using her voice and then like being together.
0: Yeah, no, it's definitely a powerful moment. It, the, the, the frustrating part is the kind of the aspect of suicide. Um, cause that's ultimately what she chooses. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though it's not conventional suicide, cause she knows there, you know, she knows of the beyond essentially. Uh, but she, she does make that choice. And I think I've, I've listened to a lot of different like, uh, discussions about her, read some comments. And I think ultimately it boils down to people saying, well, she doesn't want to live in a world where she, like her voice was so integral to her, like who she was and what she stood for. And she feels like without that, without the people, without her voice, like there's no point in to continue to, to be here in this hollow city, even though they soared as the narrator, of the story and the, really the only you know voice that you, you hear throughout the story, um, He's saying, otherwise, hey, you know, don't you don't have to do this essentially, yeah. Uh, but she kind of lays down her life to to return to the ether or join to the ether, and and it's it, it's a powerful moment, but it's I think it's a catch twenty two because it's like, yes, uh, I think I was just as conflicted as you were. Like, yes, it, it's cool that she gets this special moment, but also it's like, well, then what was this whole you know point of this whole story, you know, right. my whole journey of playing this entire game for if if that was always kind of an option, you know?
1: Yeah, and I I. I mean, I guess, in the end, I still can't figure out how much of the city is a simulation and how much of it is uh real being taken over by some simulation, like everything within it uses um like uh, uh coding language, right. and so I don't know if they are already in a simulation being absorbed into an additional simulation. Uh, so that's sort of a weird thing.
0: Yeah, as I say, that's some 4D chess thinking right there. Um, I, I I, see what you're getting at. Um, I think the, the buzzword of the podcast episode today is modular. I think it is a, kind of a modular world that is being built and destroyed. And we even see that at the very end of the game where she kind of can restore the city essentially from like this white... Um, landscape that just doesn't that it's basically like a blank filled you know it's very matrix like Mm -hmm. where you can kind of imagine whatever they are they're building or writing to the code that's what comes up in the world so i i I totally see what you're getting at um but i think i guess the important part is yeah the people were real in their lives and their stories and that's the whole point of all the bios and like the you know you get more information the more you upgrade them so i I guess i guess the, the idea is it's not about the places, but it's about the people. Maybe that's the take-home narrative from Super Giant.
1: Yeah, I, I, because throughout, even as you come across like the 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 elite, uh, I forget what they called themselves. It was a very cool name, a camarada, the mm. elite camarada that did betray the city. Like you come across their bodies and you absorb them as abilities. And they do have bios that support like they were good people that became corrupt. Right. And maybe became corrupt through this process. So by absorbing them, you've ended their corruption. And so it is sort of this, like you have, you are, you make this journey through the support of yeah, the people in the city and you are returning to them now. Yeah, you're right. Like, is there a point to it then? Um, and I guess maybe it's just the point is to at least save their souls because I, the 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 end boss was going to use the sword, his own replica or sort of of the sword, to then continue to control and paint the city. So he would have had control over their, for lack of a better word, their souls trapped in the sword. So you did keep their souls from falling into the wrong hands and now you go to join them so i guess there's that as a purpose um but other than that yeah i i think it's just returning to the people and being part of the society that built your own success as well as the success of the city that has now been decimated anyways
0: yeah i think uh kind of confirming your um speculation here my favorite song in the whole game is called we all become uh, it is the 17th track on the album and it has vocals from Ashley Barrett, who I believe is, uh, basically red. Um, yeah, it's the one that was used in the, uh, reveal trailer. So, uh, there's, a, a, there's lyrics in it where she says, um, stabbing pain for the feeling. Now your wounds, never healing till you're numb. Oh, it's begun before we all become one. Oh, we all, we all become one. And that's where kind of that, that main chorus kind of repeats. but. I think that's, you know, she mentions moving out to the country, um, you know, basically returning to to dust or returning to the ether. So, I mean, it, it certainly could be an all just a simulation or all just kind of a, a program. And each person is, you know, coded specifically to to be all there and to be as one whole piece.
1: Yeah. Which also you get the narrator's voice and he talks about other people being there with him. Well, I guess at one point he does mention like there are others here, but you can still hear me, right? You haven't. They're trying to reach out, but you can't hear them right Something along those lines. So right, I guess right, there's they're still there. I, w- I was wondering, are they then absorbed and then lost forever? But they're also there. But because of her connection to him, she can still hear him. It's I guess their connection. Why he can speak to her. Um,
0: yeah, um, so let's move to ratings. I feel like that's a good good spoiler shot. We kind of got into the, to the weeds of what the game represents. Uh, if you had to rate Transistor out of 100, you know, the scale, what would you rate it?
1: I think I would give it an 85. Nice. Nice. I'm um, with that. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I, there is a clunkiness to the movement that to me is still frustrating. Uh, even after like slowing it down and taking it step by step, I actually think it should have been maybe another two hours longer.
0: Y- yeah, I I definitely agree with that.
1: Um, and which is weird to like take off points because it's too short. Um, but I I do th- I wanted to experience more of that world beyond just like character bios, uh, right? <clears throat> so yeah, I think an eighty five is where I'm at.
0: Yeah, I I think I'll agree with you. I think the game wasn't fully realized of what it it could be. I mean, even just us spitballing back and forth, I think we kind of you know comprehended maybe more than what the game was even able to give to us because of its short runtime. And as well as we mentioned, the engine building, the worst part about um you know board games that you engine build and you get you set up your combos and everything's great, and then you realize it's the last turn and you're like, well, great, yeah, now I have so many combos and everything, and everything's set up and ready to go, but it's the final turn. And yeah, I'm going to stack everything. I'm going to get everything. But now the game's over. Like, well, I'm glad it, you know, you you get so far, you you do everything you want. But if you can't really see it flesh out the fullness of what the fun or what the entire experience could be, just feels a little shorthanded and short-sighted. So Mm -hmm. I'll agree with you on that point. I think I'm just a a shade cooler than you. I think I'd give it an 82. I think it's a great game. I recommended it to you because you hadn't played it and I knew. Uh, Supergiant Games was something that I, I, I've seen, heard you talk about, so it's probably just mentioning your gameplay of Hades. But uh, I, I feel mm-hmm. like Transistor is the thing that I think stands out to me most about Transistor is definitely the aesthetic. I think the style yeah. is like the oozing style is so cool, from like the kind of like sometimes synth poppy type music that Darren Korb made to um, you know the almost s- cyberpunk type feeling of like the cities of like the of the landscape. And especially I love like all the 2D promo art and everything that has to do with the game is just beautiful. Um, and, and so aesthetically, I think that's got to be hands down my favorite part and, and probably why I think it would resonate with someone like you, because I know you have like a eccentric style. And so I thought you would appreciate that about the game.
1: It, it was incredibly impressive. There's one part where you go in, inside of one of the big enemies and you like cut out its heart, mm-hmm. which sounds so out of place for the rest of the story. Um, but it fits really well and it's one of the coolest moments visually because of the contrast it has to the rest of uh, the the game and it's just so damn pretty throughout sorry i keep cursing um Uh, you know
0: damn is not a swear word in my books if it's in the bible you're you're good to say it
1: so it's so damn pretty uh it's so (laughs) worth uh it's worth playing i think yeah just to see the visual changes throughout and to see how they represent the different workings and different levels of the city. Excellent. Um, And just real quick to that note about like seeing the progress and like, once you figured out your, your train, the, there is a new game plus that from what I can tell does have like nods to it being a new game. Plus you're not going to get whole new story beats, but it does like hey, red we're back at it again. Sort of thing. Like they, (laughs) they will like give you nods while letting you go on with all the upgrades that you have. So you can play it again, but as like the, the set core game uh, that most people would experience. Yeah. I think uh, it doesn't quite give you enough.
0: Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. And I think it, it, if it were chosen to be more fleshed out, even like something like pyre, pyre has like a pretty good length to it and has, has some uh, real flushing out of that story. And it gives you a lot to chew on, um, as far as the beats go. That is something that I, I really appreciate about the game. That I think they probably learned from from their uh, going through uh, Transistor.
1: I'm absolutely going on to Pyre next. That's oh, going to be the next indie game I You've play. got I'm to. So it,
0: it's yeah. so it's so different. I think you're just going to like you're going to see the taste of all three games into something that's completely new and completely different. And I think you're going to appreciate that a lot.
1: Yeah, I'm excited for it.
0: All right, moving on to Inside. We are now going to talk about the spoiler section of Inside, which is going to be thick um, because <laughs> there's there's a lot to spoil in this game, uh, and it, it goes places. It's very weird. Uh, so let's, I want to start with a question. Did you watch a movie dropped last year? It was called Malignant.
1: Yes, yeah.
0: Okay, so Malignant, spoilers for Malignant. Um, it is a movie that I f- have found a lot of people really like it, because it has weird body horror elements, but it also, you know, it's kind of campy and over the top. Um, the ending of this game I would compare to Malignant, which it did oh. which did not work at all for me. I, I hated Malignant. I thought it was a very awful movie. And so there's a point in the game inside where eventually you're trying to me playing it, this is my thought process. Hey, I'm a boy, it's trying to escape. I you know, I don't really care about the people around me, I'm just trying to escape. Um, and then eventually there's a part where you're trying to set this amorphous blob of, of body parts free. And then you get sucked into the blob and then you become the blob. And so for me, it just felt very strange and out of the place that I would become this amorphous mm-hmm. body horror blob when it, all my actions seemed to be, you know, kind of in my own interest to get myself out and not really to worry about whoever else is behind the picture. And so once I got to that point, I I didn't not like the game. I just felt like I was experiencing the game all over again from uh, the malignant viewpoint of just being like, ah, "I get how people like this. Like I'm sure it just just does not work for me whatsoever."
1: Yeah, there is a very big what the hell is going on? What just happened? Why did they choose to do it this way? This is so like it's, it's disturbing. Um and I don't not disturbing in a like I'm horrified by this, but a just i don't I don't get what they were necessarily going for here um and it I don't know it is frustrating to parse through
0: yeah, it, because you do essentially go through the entire map of this like it's it's a facility that you're trying to escape, then once you're on the blob, you kind of work your way backwards and you try to escape again, so you repeat a lot of the same. Environments, but you're just experiencing them from a, a more difficult standpoint. Um, so that that is like the last, probably fifth of the game, maybe fifth. I don't know if it's much of a quarter, but probably the last fifth of the game you play is this blob escaping the facility, to which you eventually you do escape. You make it out and uh, you l- land on on the sand. You make it out on you know you're right by the water but then the blob doesn't move anymore. And I think that alludes to death. Um, you escape, but at what cost? Cause you're, you're dead now or you needed the facility. I'm not exactly sure what it's trying to say, but uh, I did look up some videos afterwards. I'm like, can, can we get some kind of be like trying to yeah, make sense yeah. of this? Cause this is just, it, it. it's not that it's going over my head. I just need to hear some like other opinions bounce it back off of. And so I watched a few different videos, listened, read some comments and ultimately people are like, yeah, you know, it's, it's the fact that, you know, the the blob doesn't move anymore, but you know, the blob made it out, it completed its purpose, you know, what it was doing and, and the, all the people, all the workers were trying to help it escape because it it had done its time. And I'm like, I don't know, for me, it just was too, too over the top. I think to like try to make sense of, and it it is open-ended and it is up to interpretation. And I think sometimes that works for me. And sometimes I am just frustrated by that. And I would just rather have a, a a linear answer or at least an answer that's between the weeds and not just something that you have to make up and convince yourself. Yep. That's what they're saying.
1: Yeah. And I, I think the approach of, I, I think it was Mike, um, game and makeup, Mike, he just recently played it as well. And afterwards he was just like, I need someone to talk to you about this right now. Like I, I don't, it, it is one of those that I think, lends itself to conversation and a let's try to figure this out and i think it works uh i think going and watching youtube videos about what what did i just play through what did i just watch is part of the charm on my end of uh, i want to see what other people's theories are and i want to see if i want to debunk them or say like i don't really believe it but i still want to be part of and hear that conversation uh which to me is really exciting and i think it they did a good enough job of making it a finite experience while still being wildly open-ended uh, for what any of that means because it is just it it doesn't it like slams through the glass border of absurd um in order to just finally yeah like let this blob rest at peace at the end and it's just this weird moment of i don't i i I really want to hear from them what they were going for but i think right a lot of times the developers for limbo uh, like the play dead developers are famously just like quiet on that sort of stuff and it's like well whatever you thought it meant is what it meant (laughs) which is also very frustrating sometimes I think the conversation around it is in and of its in itself important to the legacy of both their games limbo and inside because it's not very often that you play a game that does make you go. I need to go and watch YouTube videos to help myself come to a conclusion and see what other people's conclusions are and like figure out the conversation around it. I think it's, I I mean I could I couldn't come up with many others off the top of my head, besides Inside specifically that has made me think like that, and think I need to run and have a conversation about this.
0: Yeah, and uh, and that's ultimately why I kind of alluded earlier in the non-spoiler section, like this game's worth playing because it is different. Like you're you're not going to experience kind of what you experience at the end of uh, Inside in many games, uh, and be as polished as it is because it, it certainly is. You know, ultimately, I can say yes, it's a good game. Like, it's not just an okay game. There, it is a good game. It does pass that threshold for me. But, but past that, I'm just like, I got to start, you know, taking down what I cannot enjoy about the game. And I do think the blob to me is a little, again, comparing to malignant, it's a little um shock you know you're going for like, yeah. a sh- like a like a shock factor of like whoa i'm playing as this blob now or like whoa look at this creature like twist and contort its arms and oh you're on the other side the whole time whoa that's so crazy like it just it, it feels like breaking the fourth wall almost like deadpool like th- there's like enough of those like type of things that um is just like just too on the nose for me to like really sink my teeth into and be like say hey, this is something that i personally enjoy. Because uh, it just comes mm-hmm. down to more of an opinion. But I can, I can objectively say this is a polished game. There are very cool elements to it. Just as simple as like there's a point where you're walking in like a, a, a line and you're trying to convince everybody that you're one of these like drones that so you have to jump when they jump or like turn around when they turn around. And like there's like cool parts that make your brain think uh, and do things differently than you would. Like in a lot of games you like you run and then you jump immediately and then you, you land. But in this game you got to run. And you gotta stop, wait for this to happen, and then jump. You know, like you gotta like break the timing in your own mind and break like what is the most obvious answer. And I, I think I appreciated that about inside. That's definitely one of the highlights of the entire game is that the obvious answer is not always gonna be the right one. You have to be a little creative, do things a little differently, and just like you said, be a little patient with yourself and with the game.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh so did you have any final theories on what even was the purpose of the story
0: so i did look up the the in one of the ending explain things it showed that there are two endings there's a secret ending which i had no idea how i could even access it i don't think it even showed you how to get there but the basic idea is that the boy does make it to some place where he's able to empty the bafta tank or empty wherever the the blob is, and let the blob escape, and then he kind of re- he he becomes immovable as well. So he kind of returns to Earth. I I I think the the narrative that that Plato is probably going for is that it, I mean it may not be so far off from what Transistor was trying to say that you're kind of the sum of the whole of the people that you mm-hmm. are with and that you spend your time with, and it's trying to say you know you you need you can't do everything by yourself you can't rely on just yourself uh you need these people and you need the people around you too even your enemies because essentially it's your enemies that help you escape you there's one puzzle that has to be solved you throw things to one of the guys that like imprisoned you and he throws it back to you yeah and and, th- and like that helps you escape and so i, I think kind of what playdays is getting at is that you you need people to sustain to survive and uh i guess the ending is the same you know eventually you're gonna die but at least you're with your people
1: <laughs> yeah actually that's a weird thematic tie that i wasn't expecting
0: <laughs> right right very, very different <laughs> games narratively but there, there's some thin lines in there
1: yeah but yeah I, I agree with you i think i think it's this kid trying to escape like industrialization and just like this grind right. of like industrialization and the, what it's done to individualism right and He's trying to be an escape on his own, ultimately, that fails, and you hit a dead end and so he like again, we the muted color palette throughout the boy is wearing a red shirt. It's one of the only instances of color um and right before you go and become part of the blob, you shed that the only glimpse of color that you have and allow yourself to be absorbed um and so I think it is about like. You have to work with those around you in order to really break out of this, uh, the, yeah, the industrialized sort of like nature of destructive anti-individualism, uh, which is in itself like ironic that you have to lose your individualism to break out of it. And then ultimately, yeah, I don't, I don't think the blob is necessarily dead at the end. I think it's just at peace uh, is the way I like to look at it.
0: Yeah, very uh, optimistic of you <laughs>
1: yeah like it's the it's our only moment of sunshine in the entire game as well Uh is right at that final moment as it like lays on the beach uh and so yeah i think you're like spot on with that and it's it is really weird how close those themes are
0: yeah i i man I, there's some there's some really there's some parts of the game where i was like This has become monotonous, almost uh, gameplay-wise. I wish I could have do more because, like I said, it's only a couple buttons. But thankfully, they do eventually allow you to they they have you be captured by one of the like water nymph type things, and then you're able to somehow breathe underwater. Like it's oh yeah, that part
1: still doesn't make sense to me.
0: (laughs) That's what I'm saying. The game's mostly. I mean, it's got some pretty crazy stuff going on, so it's like it's pretty fiction. So I can I can believe that I guess. But it's just frustrating that it's like you you. If you're captured by the water nymphs at any other point, the game ends. But if you're captured at that point, that's what's narratively supposed to happen. And you did the right thing. They they yeah, were actually right. trying to help you the whole time. And and so like that's a frustrating, frustrating narrative, but it leads to a cool result of now you're experiencing the game differently because you can breathe underwater. And so that is like an evolution within like a four-hour game. That's like an evolution of gameplay that I was looking forward to. So that moment kind of gave me hope only to lead to the next kind of evolution of gameplay is an amorphous blob that can like stack on top of each other and like move things. And I just was like, ah, so yeah. it just, that, that whole kind of concept just didn't work for me. Uh, but I could see how, and I, I, understand why once I read like Malignant and I read the, like reviews and I read how much people loved it and they just didn't care how bad the acting was or how awful everything was. They just had so much <laughs> fun and like, they just enjoyed it so much. Like just stuff that was just so glaring that I could not get over uh once i could kind of try to wrap my brain around it that helped me kind of see inside from another perspective i'm like okay i get why this game is so like renowned it's so different so weird and like but not like obtuse weird just like does its own thing um so i get why people like it and like i said it's a good game my good threshold is 70 out of 100 and i think i i don't think i can go any higher than that i think the 70 is my my hard stop Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. i malignant i gave a 35 for reference so i think malignant is terrible uh is not a good movie by any means so i'm I'm not comparing it as far as quality wise i'm just comparing it thematically i think it's similar so i i get that but i think 70 is where i I would stop with inside
1: uh malignant best movie of 2021 (laughs) Uh, uh, i don't actually believe that uh but i would say I still think as a package, I like it more than transistor. I don't want to get, I think I'm like, but barely, I think it's like an 86, 87.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, like I've got a real soft spot for play dead, both of their games.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so, yeah, I I think I would go 86 or 87 just because of the flow that I was able to get into with those games and just, going from left to right and just enjoying the journey along the way, like again, yeah, I think we experience different frustrations uh with the gameplay mechanics as well, and so yeah
0: kind of, I think that's definitely a factor
1: yeah eighty i'm gonna say eighty seven
0: excellent, excellent, no, I mean, thank you for bringing this to my to my plate. I do not think I would have touched inside if it wasn't for your motivation and your um pushing forward, so just like um your co host Greg Griffith bought me uh, Resident Evil 2 remake, which I would never would have got through. Yeah. Um, you also brought me Inside, which I, I both games I, I slogged through, but I, I ultimately I could say are both good games. So I, I appreciate you bringing that to my, to my plate.
1: Yeah. And same with Transistor. Uh, I, I mean, I played Hades and it's still, I think, as far as gameplay goes, top of the top for Supergiant.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and so I, I don't think I would have looked back. But now, after playing Transistor, I do want to go back and finish Bastion. I do want to go finish and play through Pyre. Like it's it's reawakened my love for Supergiant uh, beyond just Hades.
0: Excellent, excellent. I'm glad I was able to do that for you. I think they're one of the greatest indie um, video game uh, publishers, creators, designers in the business right now. So, oh, yeah. um, I, I think we're we're not no hot takes here. I think it's, it's a popular opinion because they are so damn good. Yeah. All right. Thank you for being on with me, Preston. I appreciate you being here. As I alluded to uh, earlier, you are one half of level zero, which has been um, highlighted on the how to waste your time flagship show. But for everyone who missed that highlight, can you tell us a little bit about level zero as well as what is going on on the side uh, other than the main podcast?
1: Yeah, so level zero in general is about like the history of games or the aspects of games that we as gamers love and want to share. And we want other people to appreciate as well, you know, as much as we do. And many of the people that maybe know a little bit more about the industry than others uh, would want others to know about. Uh, So we've done history of Sega, history of Nintendo, history of Xbox while also doing sort of the concepts of gaming, like what are genres? Uh, I recently did uh, what is the concept of meta within gaming? Uh, And so we try to touch on a little bit of everything while creating a scripted, edited uh, podcast, which is still progressing and changing, and we'll probably see a little bit more conversational style in the future, while every now and then going back to the uh, scripted and edited style. Uh, and so some of the other stuff that we're doing is, like you said earlier, uh, I'll do it, the occasional in detail where I'll play an indie game, either with someone who uh, really loves it, like Yoku's Island Express, um, or I'll play an indie game with one of the developers of that game. Uh, like charles mcgregor's hyperdot so that has been a really fun experience uh learning how to uh, or being able to play games with the people that love the games and the people that create the games and sort of learn more about indie games as i go and then on top of that we've got level zero news um which oh i don't have the name up right now but a t- got t- title a, pending <laughs> yeah we've got a title pending fantastic Game, uh, uh, new name coming out here soon. So, uh, <laughs> that is just a we're trying to focus on one news story a month rather than sort of like a weekly multi-news story thing. We just what did we think was an important thing to take away from this month? We've covered the Xbox acquisitions and then most recently the Nintendo eShop closures. Uh, and yeah, so that that's. A couple of things we're doing, and it's all a little bit more intermittent uh and irregular. So it's it's just sort of like when we've got the time to make them, we're making them.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I know that's something I appreciate about Level Zero. It's definitely like not something you take for granted. It's like, oh, Level Zero drop, got to get on that. You know, just I'll, I'll watch it, I'll listen to it, put it right at the top of your feed. It, and that's the nice part is that you don't get bogged down with, uh, you know, weekly or by. You know, I, I have some shows that. Are, are, they do four episodes a week and it's just like oh, i'll listen okay. to it when i can but it, it but it's the quantity that just kind of bogs me down and i just don't get to listen to enough of it whereas like with everything that level zero comes out with I'm, I'm always listening to it you know day one or day two because it's so far in between that it's easy to consume and it sits on your brain and and i kind of like that release schedule for something that's like a little bit more either the flagship show more polished or just more conversational. It, it's a good balance on, on the whole network. So I think you've been doing a great job on that, Preston.
1: Thanks. I really appreciate that viewpoint too, because there is a, a, a constant sense of pressure, no matter how little pressure anyone has ever put <laughs> right. on us for right. it. <laughs> uh, and so it's, it's nice to hear that from, uh, from someone.
0: Yeah, no. And I think you've, you've come a long way. I've, I've been, um, I think once, once you joined, it was originally just Greg Griffith and he brought you on. And mm-hmm. I think, um, everybody was like, Oh, what is, was Preston have to do with Greg? But I, you've definitely earned your stripes and you've been a, a great addition to that team and only made, uh, Greg's like starting of a great product, even made it better and more fleshed out. So kudos to you, brother.
1: I appreciate that a lot. That, that does mean a lot to me. Thanks.
0: Absolutely. And thank you for being on, making me the time for me uh east coast living uh way past your bedtime so I, I apologize to you and the family but uh thank you so much for for being here tonight
1: dude no problem at all this was a fantastic talk and again like i'm just so happy that i played transistor and got to talk <laughs> with you about it. it it's such a solid game and uh i i enjoy being able to talk about these kinds of things
0: absolutely you're right up your freaking wheelhouse well Thank you listeners at home uh, for listening. If you liked this episode, if you like these video games, please share it with another gamer friend that you may have. Uh, Share level zero with with a gamer friend you may have or yourself. Be sure to subscribe on those platforms. And also I've been saying, give us a uh, rating on Spotify because I think once we get enough, the rating will show up and I do not think we have enough. So if you have a Spotify account, please rate us however you see fit and then we'll uh, have an aggregate up there. So Thank you guys at home. And like we say at the end of every medium of the month episode. Bye. Bye. I listened back to a medium of the month. Uh, I did listen to Travis's the music one. And I'm like, ah, I feel like I kind of, come out a little flat at the beginning so i'm gonna i'm trying to bring some energy here the late night energy
1: the late night energy
0: late night energy okay here we go three two